Well, day three of the trade period is in the books. Done and dusted. We're rolling and moves are falling left, right and centre. We're back with episode five of the trade table. Tell you what, I have passed Patrick Cripps now with the most weight on my shoulders in 2018. Five episodes in a row carrying this team. Uh, without Billy and Dan today, Billy's done an absolute Harry Houdini and just fallen off the face of the earth again. That's unlike him. Dan has disappeared <laughs> off into the middle of the country where he's in some fake TV job. Um, but I'm back with Jim, James Bowman. How are you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, I heard the yesterday's show was a bit of a snooze fest, so I came back to rescue it. <laughs> Dill, was it a snooze fest? You I didn't, didn't listen, did you? I didn't listen. I was too busy on uh, Channel 31 hosting the news out there while you boys were uh, pulling double duty here. Yikes. But... Talk about a snooze fest. Jesus. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'd rather be snoozing right now. I'm sick as a dog, but I've been called in as a last-minute replacement. Right, let's just uh, get you to talk a little bit less than normal then. Just uh, <laughs> If you can just stay quiet for as much as this as possible, might not be a snooze fest. Right, no, we're, we're talking. I can, no, I can do. My ego won't allow it. Right, I stop coughing. Um, <laughs> we'll get stuck into it. The Mitch McGovern uh, deal finally got done. About time. I mean, no, it didn't take that long. Jeez, how impatient oh, are we? Just, no, Three just, days. Yeah, we've been talking about it forever. Yeah, though. we've been talking about it forever, but I thought it might have gone deeper. Um, as we thought, Shane McAdam, which was one of Carlton's priority selections um, from the sample, um, was not not quite, I wouldn't quite call him steak knives in the deal, but helped to get it done. So Carlton picked up um, Shane McAdam from the sample and used that with pick 13, which they got from Sydney. We'll go into that in a second. Um, and in return, finally secured Mitch McGovern to the Blues. Finally got it done, Jim. Yeah, yeah, really good move for the Blues. I mean, I, we can talk about whether that's overs for him, pick 13 and, and McAdam is what Adelaide received for him in the end. But um, at the end of the day, Blues gave up, what was it, 26 and 28? So basically the Blues, they needed to work out a way to get it done. So they gave 26 and 28 to Sydney and got 13 back. Sydney will obviously use those points to get in Nick Blakey. So yep. two happy parties there. Um, got pick 13 in, and then obviously moved on to Adelaide. Is it overs? I think on face value, if you've just paid pick 13 and McAdam, it is overs. But in reality, Carlton paid 26 and 28 for that pick 13. So if if you're giving up pick 26 and 28, I mean, maybe it's not. You know what I mean? Like, as in, if you were just paying 26 and 28 straight swap for McGovern, it's probably about right. I would have said 13 by itself overs. But because the Sydney got involved... Um, it, I think everyone kind of ends up pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, it's weird how different clubs rate different things. I think Shane McAdam. I think well, Justin Reid, Justin Reid, someone from Adelaide yeah, said that it, they reckon he'll play in their a, a big role in their side yeah, next year in well, the I AFL think, side. I so. think he's a replacement. I mean, not that Eddie Betts is retired yet, but they're looking at him as a long-term replacement for someone like yeah, that. Yeah, so that bumps the value up of what they gave up as well. So yeah. they, they did give up a bit. Dill, do you think it's overs? For Mitch McGovern, yeah. no. Um, what James said, twenty-six and twenty-eight seems fair. Seems about right. Um, I, yeah, 13 probably would have been overs, but I feel like Carlton have you know done well out of that and they've gotten someone that they need in uh, Mitch McGovern in terms of a bit of experience. You know, he'll do well for them uh, uh, in that lineup, and I, yeah, I think it's quite good for the Blues. Yeah, okay, so essentially they've lost 26 and 28, yeah. but is 13 overs? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I, as, how old is he, 23? I, uh, think, I, yeah, I think younger. Well... I don't know if he's proven enough. What is the average? Like 10-odd disposals? Yeah. A goal a game? Like, he's flashy and he looks really good when he's good. But I just don't know if he's proven enough. Yeah, like, we talked... On a consistent <laughs> basis. Yeah, we talked a bit about it in the, in the first episode. He hasn't got the runs on the board. No. He doesn't have the runs on the board. Um, but what he does... And it's 
It's a bit annoying when you sort of say, look what he can do, look I at know, the glimpses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does, though. He does have those glimpses. Yeah. I mean, he could be anything. Yeah. He honestly could be. He could be incredible for Carlton. But in terms of paying... He's incredible to be cool. Well, I don't know. No, no, I don't disagree. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he could be anything. But um, it's just on face value, what he's worth right now... I don't know if he's proven enough to just be worth pick 13. So instead of looking at him just just at the player, what about what it does to their forward mix? I reckon it nearly completes their, or it does complete their, their big men stops, stops yeah. in the yeah. forward six. I think they're just trying to build yeah. the smalls around those three, in Mackay, McGovern and um, Kerno now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, another trade that went down today, there was a three-way trade that finally got um, uh, Gary Rowan down to Geelong. So Geelong get Gary Rowan, Sydney... Um, Received Ryan Clark from North Melbourne, and North Melbourne uh, received pick sixty-one, which was one of the picks in the Lockie, uh, sorry, in the Lincoln McCarthy deal that went to Geelong. Um, bit strange. We thought that maybe pick forty-two would have been what got Gary Rowan done, um, and I feel like um, Geelong have not given up much. And Sydney, I think Sydney have done well out of this deal to get Ryan Clark. Yeah, for mine, North got the stiffest end of all, all this, yeah, this yeah. three-way trade by a mile. I actually don't mind Ryan Clark as a player. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't uh, played super consistently and like been in the team super consistently, but I think he's got some serious potential. I rate Ryan Clark um, from what I've seen. Uh, he's you know got a bit of speed about him, got a, bit, a little bit of class about him as well. And, you know, I I think, yeah, to get trade for pick 61 seems, you know, like... Sydney's done very well for themselves. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit limited, but I reckon he's a pretty good accumulator. I reckon he has a bit of class about him. And 61, what are you going to do with that? I don't even know if they use it. Yeah, well, well they. I mean, and from Geelong's perspective, to get Gary Rowan f- for... I mean, you thought that they, were, they would have had to use 42. And even that might have been a bit much, but 61... I've been able to use. The only thought I did have is uh, North going to use that pick 61 to try and accumulate some draft points to then get Bailey Scott, the father-son selection. I don't know whether 61's even worth that much. Yeah, I think ba- yeah, Bailey Scott will go a bit higher than 61. Yeah, so. yeah but are they combining some draft picks later yeah. in the order to try and get that? Yeah, it's, it's not a bad call. Um, and if you look at Ryan Clark out, Bailey Scott, in, oh, that's obviously a win, but it still just looks at, at face value if you look at it. Like, it's a bit skewed. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but what is, like, I mean, we were talking about this off-air. What's Sydney up to? They, they're they clearing out Dan Hanabry, um, Gary Rowan giving up for a packet of chips. Nick Newman trying to get rid of. Nick Newman trying to get rid of. What are they up to? Uh, I'm really curious about Sydney. They, We don't hear them talking about uh, many, uh, many players. Um, there was talk about them going after a, a gun mid. Shields off the table. Yeah. They they were maybe going to go after Gaff at some point. Uh, never, none of that ever eventuated. So are they just kind of saving some salary cap room for next year? I was going to say, yeah, you, you sort of suggested that they might have been clearing out their cap space, but they're obviously not going... They haven't looked like they're going for anyone this year. No. I so mean, are they the, saving up for next year? Kelly's out of contract next year. Well, what about um, Tom Langdon, though? Tom Langdon, that's mm. further down in the run sheet. Thanks for uh, stuffing up a run sheet yet again. Oh, no, geez. they've had some inter- obviously had some interest in Tom Langdon, but that's... I mean, um, you, do you have to clear out that much room no, for Tom you Langdon? No, you don't need to clear... Well, Dan Henry was reportedly on three quarters of a mil, so I don't think they're paying Langdon that much at um, Sydney. So, yeah. What big names have been linked to the Swans, though, that they could be doing this for? Well, that's... M- McGovern, but and but that was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not Mitch McGovern, Jeremy McGovern, and that was a yeah. while ago, and it was never and really a chance anyway. And they were maybe in the race for Shield, but Shield was coming to Melbourne if he wasn't yeah. leaving GWS. No, so, I think there was a four-way Melbourne race but for Shield. Yeah, so... 
I don't know, they're, but they're really um, making me pretty curious about what they're up to because it's unlike Sydney to just clear people off their books mm. and not bring anyone in. And they're generally pretty active in the trade period. At the, at the, even at the trade um, radio uh, launch, Dan Hanabry was on the panel and was asked what... Honestly, was asked what he thinks Sydney are up to, and he said, "I do not know. I think yeah. something's going on up there, but I actually don't know." Yeah, so I wouldn't. Are there watch this space for mine, Sydney, at the moment? Maybe for next year, though. So last, late last night, early this morning, um, a swap of picks went down between Gold Coast and Brisbane. Um, so Brisbane get follow along here if you can keep these now numbers. Write Brisbane, them down. <laughs> write this down for me with you. <laughs> Brisbane get pick 32, 41, 44, and seventy-seven. The Suns move up to 24 um, and then move down to 58 and 79. So if you look at this at face, Brisbane need to find a way to get the Lockie Neal deal done. Yeah. Freo are saying that pick five is not enough. They wouldn't want to give up pick five and 24. So it looks like pick five and 32 might get it done deal. Yeah, uh, I feel like that probably will get it done. It's interesting that they won't... Like I feel we talked about it the other day that um, Neal and pick five, that should be a straight swap. But, I mean, I think 32 is sort of that little bit icing on the cake and going, here you go. It, it just feels like that will hopefully get it done. I would, I would do Neil for five. I think five and 32 is, is a bit much. Yeah, but I feel it's just like... It, 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 I think it's just the sweetener of going, okay, here you go then. Um, well, because at the end of the day, it's you, you play enough hardball and Brisbane really want Lockie Neal, obviously, yeah, in this, their midfield this year. They don't this have really to shows waiting. how much they want Neil uh, for mine. If they're willing to do something like this... Um, and off. I mean, we don't preface. We don't actually know yeah, that not, they're offering not, pick thirty-two. Yeah, but he just adds so much to that uh, team. I mean, you put him in there with um, Zorko and Beams and Steph Martin's in there, and uh, yeah, we'll see you later in the show. Uh, Harrow's doing his um, Club uh, focus. Club and focus. Uh, have we still not got another name for that? Are we still no, we're still, <laughs> we're still working on it. Um, uh, I've got a couple of uh, yeah. lab, lab workers working yeah. on it in my uh, yep. offices. How many people do you employ, by oh, the way? Quite a few. My, my spies do it for generally do it for free. Sometimes I have to <laughs> offer a few sheets, but I've got lots of people working for me in lots of different places. Um, yeah, no, but just you put Neil in that um, team and you got even up forward with Rainer and Hitwood. It, did, it just adds so much to the line, so I think you want him in the, uh, this coming season. Yeah, and I know we did talk about it the other day, and even though I, I think that Five and thirty-two, just on face value, is a lot. I think now is perfect for Brisbane, and and they just have to do what they have yeah. to do to get it yeah. done. Yeah, I think I agree. Anyway, we touched on Tom Langdon, so thanks for ruining that, Tom Hickey. That was next in the run. <laughs> what we were going to say is he he was seen touring Sydney's facilities. Well, and, I was, and all I was saying is maybe that's part of what Sydney are up to. Is he's one of the people they're looking at? That is correct. Well, my they, spies yeah. did see him down at Sydney. Your they did spies. See, Here we go. My spies saw him. He was running around with Tom Harley. I still just thinking out a few legs, th- like legs wings. Whether they're people, whether they're drones, how you you're very secretive <laughs> yeah. about these spies. No, look, I haven't I haven't gone into drones yet. I don't quite think that's maybe the next step. Oh, okay. I just get him straight on the phone. They just give him a call up in the stands. <laughs> Tom Hickey oh, no, has no. gotten so West Coast lose Scott Lysette obviously to Freo yesterday um, or the day before. Might have been even before that. Anyway, they've got Tom Hickey. So West Coast received Tom Hickey pick sixty and a future fourth round pick, uh, and the Saints get pick thirty nine and a future fourth. Really, so they've given him up for not much. Um, Can of coke and a bag of chips. Not quite. A bit of a couple, couple of cans. A power aid. A power aid. Jeez, a power aid. But well, I mean, if I, when I look at this, I don't think as much about this trade. I more think about life set out, Hickey in, and that's a clear decrease. Yeah, well, a clear I mean, loss. 
I, I found this interesting because apparently I was reading that they weren't going to um, sign a Ruckman West Coast until they'd figured out Kelly. Um, but I don't know whether this means they figured out a deal where they think they can get Kelly done as well um, and they've figured out what they can do with the Kelly trade or whether they've just given up on that. So, Well, it's not as if they've given up all their bargaining chips for this. and It's not as if they're going to have to sign Tom Mickey for a lot of money. No, but in just the terms of moving, moving of picks, though, it's just a... a they, they literally told... And they didn't want to sign someone onto a contract. Um, until they'd figured out what was happening with Kelly. So I still find it an interesting move that they actually got it done. Our live audio, our live studio audience is just having a coughing fit. I was, a, I was a sick one. Yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you've ruined the show and you haven't even talked. What? Oh, my God. Um, no, but look, does, does, do you think Tommy gets a game? Obviously, well, he does in the first half of the year when Nick well, Nat's obviously, out. Obviously, I'm talking about when Nick Nat's out, yeah. So, yeah. is Nick Nat and it's, um, Hickey and, and Vardy. And Alango. Um, huh? Tony Alango, mate. It's Tony Alango. <laughs> Don't forget about him. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh. My uh, spies didn't tell my, my spies don't tell me too much about bigger Olango. <laughs> <laughs> I think our studio audience is pretty big on Olango, actually. Yeah, not not huge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I think we. I think Pittard probably should have been Pittard and Pollock probably should have been on top of a big Tommy Hickey, but <laughs> the Pollock deal <laughs> finally got done. Jared Pollock gets to North Melbourne. Um, bit of a funny one when I yeah. saw this come up, only because. It's almost as if uh, Port Adelaide have just said, oh, we'll, we'll chuck in Jasper Pittard as well. Yeah, no. So North Melbourne received Jared Pollock and Jasper Pittard and pick 48. Mm-hmm. Port get that pick 11 that they obviously uh, were asking for and a future fourth rounder. That's weird. So That's, if it's, North... I wouldn't have picked Pittard to be a steak knives type, no. type of player, but it almost seems like that. So basically, it? well, basically if North Melbourne finish low on the ladder next year, which they, I mean, with a few recruits, they may not, but... Hypothetically, if they do, then those two picks cancel each other out. And it's just 11 for Pittard and Pollock. Yeah. Pittard played 11 games this year. Do you reckon that adds value to it? Or is it just chuck him in? I mean, I don't, I don't know how much he's on. We talked about salary cap again. I don't know how much he'd actually be on. We to... had a good argument about <laughs> how much money he's getting paid. I reckon he'd be on a, like not a bad contract at all, considering he did... Like two years ago, he was playing decent football, and I think he's still on that same contract. So... If that's a reason for power to, to clear some salary cap space, um, potentially that explains why they would chuck him in with the Pollock trade. But and on face value, it seems pretty weird. That's just, that's just weird, though. That they, like, Pick 11 for those two players seems like a lot to uh, sort of trade. Like, you're giving up two uh, decent players, which are obviously what I was uh, going to do with Pollock, for pick 11. No, nah, you needed pick 11 to get the Pollock deal done. To get Pollock over the line. Yeah, no, 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 no. What I'm saying, though, is that uh, Jasper Pittard, with that, it seems weird to go those two players and only get pick 11 back. Wait. Yeah. Yes. I get what you're saying. It seems... Un- it seems like... We get your absolute confusion in your brain is <laughs> blowing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> your head's just blown up. We said stop talking, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to talk this episode? <laughs> the other... Can you, can you stick into paddling? I should be in bed right now. This is, my head's not working We'll blame Billy. Where are you, Billy? Billy has Harry Houdini. Um, it's so North are now. So do, do North now not have as much interest in Nick Newman and Jeremy Finlayson? Yes. Now that just yes. Yeah, I think they have less interest. Yeah. So it's a bit. Would who would you rather out of those three? Jeremy Finlayson, Nick Newman, Jared, uh, and Jasper Pittard. Well, none of them are locks in this in the side. Their previous sides are they? 
Newman's not starting every week for Sydney. Neither's Finlayson, neither's Pittard. And they were probably all... I don't think any of them played over 11 games this nah, season, did they? well... Pittard, uh, I don't know if Finlayson played 11 games. I don't think Finlayson he did. got injured. Um, he started... But then he got dropped too. He yeah, was, he, he did get dropped. I would say out of North Melbourne that they are struggling for a bit of class out of the back half. I think Luke McDonald. I think Sam... There's Luke McDonald, Sam Wright. Sean Atley plays forward. Um... I reckon, Why are you naming forward? What's that? No, I'm just <laughs> saying he's played a bit back, but oh, you know, right. now he yeah. plays forward. Um, I think there almost is a little bit of a, a hole there. And and I, I really, really rate Jeremy Finlayson. So. Yeah. I was, yeah. About to, I was about to say, Finlayson seems like the sort of the better of the three options. I think he's the best go. user. I don't know if he's the best defender, though. 195 centimetres is handy for someone yeah, who plays halfback well, flank. Clearly, the Giants didn't rate plays... that well if he was playing the knee full. Yeah, it's hard to get a game. Zach Williams, in front. Oh, I suppose he's injured all year. Yeah, exactly, mate. Lockie plus, Whitfield in front of you. Plus, it's the Giants as well. Lockie Whitfield's not tall. So yeah, not... but Jeremy Finlayson plays small. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm not thinking that there's a clear difference between Finlayson and Pittard. I think I think they're similar value. Not significant enough that if you get Pittard, you're like, nah, I need Finlayson. All right, Finlayson. I think if you get a deal... Like they did a good deal with Pittard and Pollock, you're not desperate to be like, oh no no no, we don't want Pittard, don't chuck him in. We're gonna get Finlayson. <laughs> I think it's just not a significant no. enough difference. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, different players. Jeremy Finlayson's a much better user. Um, I think Pittard isn't a bad user, but sometimes decision making is a bit poor. Um, Pittard's clearly quicker um, and clearly gives more run, but I I, I honestly do really rate Jeremy Finlayson. Um, but anyway, the Pittard and Pollock deal done. A strange one. Strange that they've just chucked him in. Um, next on my <laughs> Jack Holmes meets with Goldos. That's huge. <laughs> that <laughs> is that massive. You literally said, oh, that's pretty big. You literally said that to me. Uh, well, yes, I did. <laughs> well, so I'll blame myself uh... there. <laughs> Jack. Anyway, just repeating, Jack Holmes has met with Gold Coast. There you go. Well, we kind of knew he was on the outer, so... That, that is what the pack were waiting for. Our pack, our trade table pack... Finally, they got to him. We break the big stories. Why do you call them the pack? It's our pack. It's the pack. I just think of footy cards when you say pack. (laughs) They're the pack. That's what they... They've assumed their own name. They picked their own name. I didn't pick it. Uh, Um, Anyway... What my nugget of the day, oh. I could not get one. So, <laughs> my nugget of the day yesterday on the 2010 draft was an absolute ripper. But <laughs> there was no nugget today. Can't listen well, to well, I'm still just searching it. <laughs> you had... <laughs> There's no... We didn't have... So, you just... We just oh, had, I had a search around. I had a dig. Um, I didn't mind the Steph Martin one, by the way. Yeah, Steph what? Martin? Oh, I'm just going to go with a little nugget about how Brisbane built their midfield, but then I ruined it with the... With Dame Beams, what they cost. It didn't cost much to get Steph Martin is what my little nugget was going to be. Matt Jones, pick 61. Um, but no, and then it didn't quite work because they gave up a lot for Dame Beams. So that was going to be my failed nugget. Moving on. Can we get into club in focus? Starting from the bottom of the ladder, we went with Carlton. Um, and then yesterday went through Gold Coast and St Kilda. Um, I'll take the Lions. Um, so Surprise. Th- We're going to get into an argument about Christensen here. Where have you played, Alan oh, Christensen? I think I brought my boxing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the year they had, uh, early, oh, yeah, early on they were they were competitive, really competitive. Except that game against Richmond where they scored seventeen points. They were really oh, competitive, wow. but they just weren't getting it done. Think of Port Adelaide should have won that game. Yeah, they definitely oh, should have. Alan Christensen or Charlie Cameron snapped it, almost went over his head. Should have been a goal. Yeah. 
Um, think of Melbourne, got it done for three and a half quarters. Gold Coast, can you believe they lost two in round three or four? Collingwood, they played unbelievably well and got pipped right at the end. And the Dogs, they only lost by a couple of goals. And North, where Rainer missed when he snapped around no, the I'm body. I'm talking about early season, thanks, still. Just, uh, just trying to follow the run sheet. Just, just trying to add to your uh, best, uh, your yeah, just, focus, uh, considering we fell asleep last time with uh, Carlton. Just, uh, just trying to follow along with me, still here. I'm talking about early season. I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> Then they finally broke through against the Hawks. They had those three wins in a row um, and definitely built some belief. Um, David Noble spoke, I think, last week and sort of declared phase one is almost done. They've almost got the crop they want. Um, it's gone through, I think, if you can you know, use that term, bottomed out um, and probably only up from here. So the way I look, look at them setting up next year, Harris Andrews is um, probably an All-Australian player for the next five or ten yeah. years, you would hope. Freak. Yeah, so Harris Andrews, uh, Marcus Adams, and Darcy Gardner playing your bigs. Darcy Gardner, if, if Marcus Adams gets there, sorry. Yeah. If not, Josh Walker probably plays. Yeah. Um, Darcy Gardner is so highly rated there. He's like really underrated outside. I'm pretty sure he fin- I said the other day, pretty sure he finished second or third in the BNF. Plays on talls and smalls. Was beating to go. And, and a pretty injured. good user, actually. Yeah. I, I was, I, funnily enough, I was with a mate looking up um, yeah, disposal efficiency, and his was about 80%. Really? Yeah. There you go. That's a little nugget. Yeah, there you go. A little nugget from you, man. Second nugget. Yes. Let's go with the small nuggets today. All right. Um, Alex Witherden, Daniel Rich, Luke Hodge, Nick Robertson are your small backs. Luke Hodge probably doesn't play 22 games, um, but the the coach loves Nick Robertson, um, always gets the job done. And Alex Witherden, we've seen how much of a good user he is in his first couple of years um, on the ball. Now, this... This, this is exciting. Four, this is exciting. Try and... I probably questioned without notice, but while I'm reading this... Come up with another midfield that is better. There may be... I'm not saying there's not, but it's a fair argument to say that Steph Martin, Dane Beams, Lockie Neal and Dane Zorko is in the best couple of midfields, starting midfields in the comp. Yeah. Um, Collingwood, GWS. GWS is the one that springs to mind, but they're losing Shields to so lose a bit of depth. I'd almost, have, I'd almost have Carl Ward ahead of him anyway. These are up there with Jack Viney, uh, Oliver, yeah. Brasher and Gorn. Yeah, they'd be up there too. You'd, you'd say Geelong's, but... There's, they I, haven't performed that well. Yeah, this year. Richmond, Our Dusty. A studio, studio audience Coast. is saying West Coast. Studio <laughs> audience is not like always. Screaming. West Coast. <laughs> she made a big sign. Just like, Please say West Coast. Yeah, you know, there's a team in Western Australia. <laughs> I think they won the flag. <laughs> now they got, especially with it's, Gaff saying, there's still a pretty solid midfield with Red and Gaff. Oh, is this, are we already up to Put second on the ladder cover in focus? Oh, oh wait, no, I thought, I thought we were up to 15. Shut up. <laughs> no, but that's seriously, that starting four is, is when if slash when Lockie Neal gets to Brisbane um, is very, very good now. And, and Jared Berry played a lot of time on the ball this year. Mitch Robinson, Reese Matheson, Zach Bailey even had a bit of time, not as big as those other three names. But I think Cutler and um, Tom Cutler and Hugh McCluggage as your outside mids. Um, Hugh McCluggage at the moment pro- predominantly playing as a winger um, as opposed to inside. So that is a, that, you could do worse than that midfield group. Yeah, 100%. Um, they're forward six, G. This is going for a long time. They're forward yeah, move six. It up, move it up, mate. Come on. <laughs> for Eric Hipwood, um, Dan McStay, and Oscar McInerney, they sort of played three. So they sort of went with... The big O. Yeah. So Oscar McInerney backed up in the ruck, helped out in the ruck, and then they had Dan McStay go forward and back a bit, mostly forward. Um, but Eric Hipwood's so mobile. You, you almost can play those three, and it sort yeah. of did work. Um, and then I... I don't mind their smalls. Charlie Cameron, Alan Christensen, Cam Rayner. Wait, um, Christensen? No, 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 no joking, joking. Oh, joking. No. Oh, it's all right. right. We'll discuss yeah. it off air. Uh, he, he plays forward. <laughs> he plays forward. And Louis Taylor. So, look, I don't mind that 
group no. at all. That group no. of and there's a they've got a good young core now and a, yeah. and a core that they've had for most of this year as well, which uh, we're really like. So they they should have won more than they did. But how much would they have learnt from those losses this yeah. year? But it's time to. There's, I mean, so, it's time. there's quickly though. There's so much talent in that group. Like, Eric Hitwood is going to be such a good forward. I mean, you know, you got obviously your mids that you've t- spoken about. But even guys like you know Charlie Cameron and that like just add so much excitement. It's an exciting time to be a line supporter. It is. I think oh, we'll get to the next. I was going to anyway. What they need. So the pieces in the puzzle, as we said, are in place now, um, and that's why particularly they, if they get Neil. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's why David Noble said that sort of phase one, if you want to call it that, um, is done. Now it's about keeping them as they haven't done in the past, um, and and topping up really when they need. Um, so next year, I um, so next year I still think they're they're probably bottom ten. Um, I don't see them going up into the finals. Jeez, they need to turn broad their... stroke. They going with heart. What's that? Pretty broad stroke. They're not making the eight. Where well. Be a bit more specific, please. They won't finish. They won't finish bottom four, but I don't think they'll make finals. Okay. Can we? Can yeah. we have a prediction of a ladder position? Twelve point seventh. That's not a ladder position. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask percentage. Harrison is a tradie, by the way. <laughs> I am not a tradie. That explains his maths here. <laughs> you were in a high vis, mate. 12.7. I was making a joke that I'm not... The pack got it. The pack got it. They laughed. <laughs> no, look, between 10 and 14, I think, yeah. is... Oh, 10 is 10 would be... They'd be stoked with that. But yeah, around 12 and 14, I think they'd be pretty happy. I think with the core they've got, though, now, 10 isn't out of reach. Or oh, out, I wouldn't or say it's of, or, out of reach, no. Or yeah. out of expectation. Yeah. That's what they'd be aiming for, I would have thought. Yeah, I just think next year they have to turn those honourable losses into wins. They, they should already have now belief now. Yeah. They sh- it, no, shouldn't, I... it shouldn't need a win or two like that winning against Hawthorne, that winning against Freo. It shouldn't need that now yeah. um, to get that belief. And they need to just play... They need to play four quarters. Yeah. That's, that's obviously what had them done against Port and, and Melbourne and Collingwood and the list goes on. Um so there you go. That's Brisbane for 2019. Yeah, wow. Well done. Move up a ladder of spot. Jim, you go. All right. So we've got Frio, who I had a quick look at. Maybe not quite as in-depth as, as Harrow here. He gets very passionate about, about those Lions. Um, so Frio, they had eight wins at 76% this year. 14th on the ladder. Funnily enough, they had eight wins at 74% at 14th on the ladder last year. So yeah, a little it, nugget. So a couple of nuggets from you. Yeah, I know. I'm providing the goods today. Um, so they improved by, what, 2% all year. So essentially stayed in the exact same spot. Um, very little improvement as such on the ladder. Obviously, five foot spent a fair bit of time out. Not that you could fully blame just for him being a lo- him alone being out as a reason to not improve. So I think it's still a disappointing year for Frio. Particularly um, when they have a core, like a really solid core in Fife, Mundy, Sandy, Walters, the Hill brothers, Alex Pierce, Luke Ryan, Joel Hamling, all of them whom are either are A graders or could be at their best. Um, it's just the surrounding cast that they really need improvement and the depth. Um, sure, they got games into Brayshaw, Chera, Banfield, Crowden, and the like, uh, and that'll be really valuable for those those first second year players. But um, still a pretty disappointing year. Yeah. So, so that was my question. They have admitted, Ross Lyon has admitted that it's like a re-stumping, reset, whatever he said. Re-plumbing. They're, re-stumping. They're start, they've not, start, not quite starting again, but it's definitely a rebuild. And they've had eight wins. Yeah. We just talked about Brisbane and how positive we were. They had four or five. Fremantle have obviously got embarrassed a few times, but, but they had good wins against Port. I mean, is but, it a fail? Is it a complete fail? It's not a complete fail, but 
Brisbane don't have Nat Fife, Mundy, Sandy, Walters, the Hill Brothers, Alex Pierce, and Luke Ryan. I could reel off a few. I mean, Particularly, I reel off a few. no, but think, think about so the age. But think about the age bracket of those guys, and that's their core. And then think about who's going to be there for Frio's next premiership. Who've you got? Their first premiership. Well, yeah, their the next fir- premiership. <laughs> yes. Well, my apologies, Frio fans, rubbing that one in. Um, Just letting you know. So, I just, yeah. I, I think it's good they got games in the young players, but I don't think we've seen enough young players like that are, are, we can bank on being genuine. A great football. Just because Ross Lyons said basically we're rebuilding, I mean, you can't really excuse them. Like they, yeah, are, they have think, a better team than what Brisbane do. In like, well, in, in, a full in terms 22. of like, if they're top ten, you're rating on the top ten on like do they do? proven players. In terms of potential. Oh, sorry. In terms of like actual stars now. In terms, yeah, of, that's yeah. what that's what I mean. And these kind of players are older. Like Mundy and Fife aren't getting any younger, and neither Sandy. Sandy's almost about to retire. So like. And the Walters and the Hill brothers, Alex Pierce is—he's a bit younger and genuinely came of age this year as a gun. Um, but I just think you should be expecting a little bit more. And then if they are rebuilding, if that's the reason they're going for, why the heck are they re-signing Hayden Ballantyne and Harley? That's Benel? a strange one. That's a strange one. So even, that's that's what confuses. Yeah, even Sandilands. Yeah, like when you that's got a strange one. when you got um, Darcy in the in the wings waiting to be rucking. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So if if they really are rebuilding, why are they doing these weird re-signings? Yeah, you still got to keep a couple around. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I just Ballantyne, brought up the point. Though, I'm not. I don't necessarily yeah. think it was it was a success. It obviously, it wasn't no. a success. I just brought up the point. You know, their good was good. They had eight wins, but their bad was embarrassing. I just don't know, see whether... So, I'll get to it, but yeah, I'll, I'll name my list first. So, in my backs, I had Hamling, Pierce, Langdon, Luke Ryan, Nathan Wilson, Tom Sheridan, Darcy Tucker. I think it's a really solid back line, actually. I think it's by far their best line. Um, especially Pierce and Langdon, genuine um, A-grade uh, fullbacks at their, at their best, particularly oh, Pierce. Not good. Oh. Yeah, good players. I wouldn't say genuine A-grade at this stage. Oh, Pierce was almost in the All-Australian squad at yeah, the yeah, yeah. first half of the year. Hamling was really good in um, his last year at the Bulldogs, and I think this year I found that some of that form again. Um, and then Luke Ryan I thought was pretty good this year. Nathan Wilson, same. Nathan Wilson's a gun. Um, Ed Langdon as well. Then going to the mids, we've got the Hill Brothers. We've got Nat Fife, um, Adam Chera, Andrew Brayshaw, Reese Conkers just joined them, Nick Blakey. No, Connor Blakely. Connor Blakely, sorry. And then Sandy in the ruck. Who it worries me a bit that they're still relying on him so much, but it's still a pretty strong. It's not a bad group. It's, it's not a bad group at all. But the the thing that really worries me is their forward line, which they just have not been able to solve at all. You've obviously oh, sorry before you move. You've obviously omitted Lockie Neal from there. Well, yeah. But, sorry, yeah. I should have mentioned that. But yeah, earlier. yeah. Anyway, Lucky, looking like he's gone. If yeah. he stays, then that even less reason to be beaten in the midfield because that's a that's a good good midfield. Um, so their forward line, Walters is a gun, but he's playing more in the mids this year. He did anyway. Um, Mundy, who floats around a bit, so he's not a full-time forward, you would say. Then you've got people like Taberner, McCarthy, um, Banfield, kind of. He's a bit more of a mid. Um, and then Brandon Matera, Hayden Ballantyne, who, as I said before, I don't know if you're still really wanting to play him in, a, in an ideal world. Um, I just don't see where they kick goals. Not only their playing style isn't uh, skewed towards kicking enough goals to really be competitive with the top sides, but I don't know if the players are there that kick goals. They they really rely on some midfielders... Um, hitting the scoreboard and while that's that's a bonus and you need that you shouldn't be your 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 first plan to be having people like Mundy Fife um the Hill brothers kicking most of your goals yeah um yeah, maybe a bit thin there Jesse Hogan would help yeah so then I was going to mention that if Hogan comes in I think that changes a lot I still think they need some more pressure players some more forward line pressure players in particular Walters is really good but as I said before he's moving into the um, moving into the midfield and Ballantyne's getting old Retira's 
he's flashy. I don't know if he applies enough pressure in the forward line, um, but you need more of them, essentially. You just mentioned it, though. I mean, you name that forward line. There's no stars. There's no one that really just stands out. No. So, I mean, you put Jesse Hogan in that lineup, and yeah. it's so much... You it, know, it changes, it yeah, changes it the dynamic. It definitely does. Um, and even the chance of uh, drafting one or two of the King, the King twins um, this year could could help that. So, maybe that's who they're going for. I'm not sure, but... Tall forwards um, and small forwards. Anyone in the forward line, to be honest, they're, they're really happy. So, really happy to get, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, and some more midfield depth. If Neil goes, uh, we we said it was good, but I still think he needs um, some big, older, bigger bodies to protect Chera and Brayshaw while they're still developing. Um, Conker helps that, but I don't know if he's enough. He's not a straight replacement for Lockie Neil, obviously. What? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so I think. I think that's potentially why they're even... I mean, um, Tim Kelly's not interested apparently in going to Fremantle, but why they'd ask the question. um, Yeah, I wouldn't 100% rule it out. Well, I wouldn't rule it out, but his manager's adamant that he's not going to Fremantle. So wants to go to the reigning premiers. Yeah, well, yeah, you guess you don't blame him. Um, So then next year, I see them fitting in around that same uh, 10 to 15 mark. 10? Yeah, that's that's that'd be super. That's if they get a hold. Ten to fifteen. Then yeah, I reckon they'll finish one to eighteen. Somewhere, somewhere between one and Wait, eighteen. You just said they finished in the bo- bottom ten no, for Brisbane. No, no, oh, no. For Brisbane, he said that finished twelve point seven. Can you settle down no, over that's there? Fair I'll cop that. <laughs> And they can only finish as high as 10 if they get someone big like Hogan. I think they need someone who can kick goals, someone like Hogan. If they don't, I don't see them improving rapidly from their 14th, the current 14th position. In which case, it's getting pretty disappointing if you're finishing 14th or around about that three years in a row. Sure, you're not getting uh, right down to the wooden spoon, but you're not... I mean, how many green shoots are we seeing? How many uh, Brendan Bolton green shoots are we seeing? Um so yeah, that's that's how I see Freeman. I don't not sure how you guys feel about that. Is it fairly accurate? Yeah, yeah, look, I think tenth would be a huge result for a them. Huge result. I, I think it's. I, I was reckon it's less about their position on the ladder, more about their best being closer to their worst. Eight wins is not a bad result for a team that's rebuilding, but those embarrassing losses that they just stopped but, one against Brisbane. Yeah, is what they need yeah. to eradicate. And they're just not kicking goals. They just don't kick a winning score. They, that's my biggest concern is they, whether it be playing style or personnel um, they've got to figure that out but you look at that and you look at their midfield I mean you can't think that if you put Jesse Hogan in there that delivery is a problem I mean you got Fife you got uh, sorry you got Fife you got Chero you got uh, Brayshaw Hill Brothers the Hill Brothers um, you know and I mean if they keep locking in which I don't think they will so it can't. It's not a delivery issue. It's the issue that they don't have forwards. You put Jesse Hogan in yeah. there, it may bump him up. He may win games with them just because of that. Yeah. Well, it's it's going to be an interesting one to see if they can get him. Well, I'll tell you what, Jim. A lot of the pack are Freo fans. I know for a fact. I do my research. The pack, <laughs> a lot of Freo fans in there, so they'll have a lot of feedback well, for they'll, you. They'll be pretty happy. I gave them the the chance of finishing as high as a ten. <laughs> Oh, well, day three is done and dusted in the books, and so are we. That'll do us for the day. How many times are we in the books, by the way? Yeah, the there's, a few, there's a few things in the books. I have a big book at home. It's just a big book. And when everything, anything's done, it's You in are there. just it's living big... the trade table. I think the spies of the books. <laughs> I think you two have uh, struggled a bit with our live studio audience for the first time ever. You've had a bit <laughs> under par, but that's all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> My shoulders... I think I might have to get my shoulders taped up for next time, actually. Oh, I'm go. sick of you, too. I'm going to hunt to bed. <laughs> That'll do us for the trade table. Join us tomorrow. We'll be back. See you then.